1: Listening to Drop in the Gloves with former NHL All Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
0: Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. I don't know when you're listening to this. Frankly, I don't care. I'm just glad that you're listening to it. Thank you for listening to our show. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves, official podcast of HockeyFights.com. There's been some good, good fights lately, Tim. There has been. I've been keeping up on it. I go to HockeyFights daily. And man, oh man, the boys have been chucking the knuckles. And when there has been a fight, it's been a pretty good one. Have you been checking it up lately? All the all the fisticuffs?
1: Yeah, what's, what's stood out to you so far? Which one's the, the best one so far?
0: Um, gosh, there's been a bunch who, got, um, uh, not Liam O'Brien. There was a good one. This Merton, Martin Gertson and Zach McEwen. It oh, yeah. was a really good fight. There was a guy from the devils, Martin Gert- Gertson, g- beautiful hair. And then Zach McEwen, beautiful mustache. They went out or big boys. That was a heavyweight fight. And that was, it was, it was enjoyable. Not a lot landed, but it was enjoyable to watch. And so it was, uh, it was just a fun Fun fight. Old school where the guys just kind of said, let's, let's fight. They look similar, same size, same build. Not a lot of good technique happening, but it was fun to watch. And there's been some- Landis threw around uh, Matthias Ekholm the other day. And oh, that was great. fun to watch. Ekholm didn't even drop his gloves. And he stands up like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, man, like you got to be prepared. You can't just go into a scrum and start face washing guys and throwing guys around and expect not to get dealt with. And Landis must have been in a bad mood. Cause he just chucked his gloves off and just beat him like a rented mule. It was a good, it was a good look for Landis. Check it out. If you guys haven't checked it out, or listened, go to hockeyfights.com and and block off a good five hours. Cause once you're there, you're done. Like you're not just going to watch one hockey fight. It's going to be, and then you're down the rabbit hole. Next thing you know, you're watching um, Craig Cox fights from 35 years ago. And you're like, who, how did I get here? How do I get here? And you're going to love every minute of it. But anyways, we are the official podcast of HockeyFights.com. Thank you for joining us. A lot to talk about, Tim. It feels like there's been a lot of news happening. We're at the quarter mark of the season, so the teams are still jockeying for a position. We're post-Thanksgiving, which is always an important date. There's a lot of red flags going on. There's a lot of, you know, stuff to talk about. Let's start with the signing. You know, usually a signing is good news. You're, you're keeping a player. You like what he's done. You're investing in the future of the franchise. The New Jersey Devils just signed Jack Hughes. Their first overall pick from 2019, the future of the team. They got Nico Hershire, the year prior, who was also, or two years prior, excuse me, he was also a first overall pick. So they're locking up their future. Jack Hughes, the number came across the ticker my jaw dropped a little bit. It took me a little bit to digest eight years, $8 million per total, 64 million bucks for Jack Hughes. Now let me read you Jack Hughes' stat line for his whole career. He's been in the league for three years. He started as an 18 year old, came right out after the draft. His first year, he played 61 games, 21 points, seven goals, 14 assists. Not great dash dash 26 you know first year jitters maybe didn't didn't come out of the gate strong hard to do make that jump from juniors to the nhl or where he was in college hard hard to do going to be better in the second year 56 games 31 points better still not great first overall pick you know you expect him to maybe make a little bit bigger of an impact but pretty good 31 points in 50 games 56 games Injured the start of this year, you know, got three points in three games. That's good. Two goals, one assist in three games. That's good. Does it warrant this? Is this a little bit rushed to you? Don't you think? Or is this a case of a New Jersey Devils management, maybe getting ahead of something before Jack Hughes, they see something that we don't, they see him, you know, in practice, they see his work ethic. They know he's going to turn out to be a superstar because just from what we've seen in the last two years, $8 million for eight years, seems like a pretty, pretty steep investment for this guy. What do you, what do you think of this deal? Well, what's going on in New Jersey for them to be throwing this kind of money around at this kid at this stage, they have all season. They have all season to negotiate a contract. This is jumping the gun a little early. So this is to me, that's like, why are they doing this so early? I don't understand Tim.
1: That's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. Um, why, why now? Why not in the off season? Why not later in the season? He, he hasn't skated since October. He's played three games this season. And he, he, I don't know, like when he scores, he, he's putting up some high right highlight reel type of talented goals and everything and and, and playmaking. And I know that um, you talked about his stats last year, but the advanced stats will tell you that he was like top three or top five in passes in high scoring chances, basically. But the Devils were the worst team in the league at scoring and high scoring chances. Just make just to say that if he had even more of like an uh, an average line mates, an average team around him, he would have put up a lot more numbers. That's the kind of he's making those plays. So I'm I'm sure the Devils are thinking about all of that. They're thinking about the future of the franchise. He's a first overall pick. He's done okay. They're investing in him, but it doesn't make sense now. It's a lot of money and it's a strange timing. I, I I can't really wrap my head around that. Yeah. The,
0: the first thing you do is you, you compare it to other deals. You, you look at the guys in his draft class, you look at the guys, you know, in his same position from the last few years and it's, it's hard to compare them to guys in his draft class because none of them have signed an extension yet. Uh, do you know who's worth any note? The, the Capocaca, the Kirby docs, the Zagres, none of those guys have signed an extension, which is normal. You know, if, if you're coming into the third year of your ELC entry-level contract, you typically wait until the end of the season. And then you negotiate. It's very, it's strange to me that they're doing it at this point. The only reason I think they would do it at this point is if the New Jersey devils truly honestly believe he's going to have a breakout year and they think he's just going to come out and just light it up. And they're getting a deal now because, you know, if he plays 70 games, 60 games this year and he puts up 70 points, that 8 million bucks is all of a sudden going to turn into $10 million. And that, you know, expand that over eight years that's another 16 million bucks that they don't have to pay for this guy. So that is the only reason why I think they would do this deal unless Hughes's agents force them like hey, let's get this deal done. Jack wants to, you know, have this behind him. Let's get a deal right now and they just get all this money knowing that Jack's an average player and he's he's not the first overall pick, the the superstar that they expected to be the franchise altering player. But like I was saying, you compare him to other deals, and the perfect comparison is his teammate, his captain. Nico Hershire was also first overall, 2017. What deal did Nico get, Tim?
1: After three seasons, he signed seven years at 7.25, so pretty comparable, just a little bit less. One year less term and just a little bit less per, uh, per year.
0: So you you know inflation whatever you kind of match the market inflation actually works in the wrong way here because the cap is actually flattened and so there's less money to go around so Jack Steele is better but when you look at Nico's stats his first few years they're better markedly better like his first season he put up 52 his second season he put up 47 his third season he put up 36 last year he got hurt he had 11 and tw- uh, 21 this year he's got 13 and 20 so again not insanely great stats to merit a 7.25 million dollar contract but i could validate that as a gm when you look at his first 3 years it's like okay i can see the progression i can see it there he he's getting a point every other game he he's finding himself i i could i could wrap my head around okay we're going to give him 7.25 for 7 years he will turn into a really really good player and he hasn't yet we'll see if you know he can find that but I understand that another guy you can uh kind of compare him to is a Svechnikov. Now, Svechnikov was second overall in 2018, very similar draft position, very similar, you know, type player. Jack Hughes is a little bit smaller, a little more shiftier, but still offensively minded players. Svechnikov just signed a deal this offseason for eight years, 7.75 million, so pretty identical. You know, what's what's a quarter of a million between friends? Identical contracts, same term when you look at fetch first three years, first year, 37 and 82, you know, not great. Still feeling out the league. That's a tough jump. Russia to the, the USA. That's, that's a big jump. Unlike me. I don't think the KHL is as good as the NHL, whatever. Second year, 61 and 68 point per game guy. That's bing, bing hit the jackpot. If you're the Carolina hurricanes, that's a good sign. Third year, 42 and 55, bing, bing, great season. You know, almost a point per game. I like that this year. Solid. 20 and 21, playing great. The thing with Stretch is he plays physical. He he every facet of the game. He he's he's making impacts. You know he's in on the forecheck. Some of the biggest hits I've seen this year are him just burying guys. I love the way he plays the game. He goes into the hard areas. He's a big body. He's six foot two. He's two hundred probably ten pounds by now. He's just a big human being. When you look at his picture, you know when you can his neck goes straight from his ears down. Usually the neck goes in a little bit you know, you can see the structure of his jaw a little bit. The guy's neck is as big as the the width of his face. So he's, he's an absolute mule on the ice and he's just asserting his dominance. So if, if I'm just looking at comparables and I'm looking at projections I don't like this contract for the Devils. I don't like Nico Hershire's contract for the Devils. I think this is just a reaction contract where, gosh, we drafted these two guys high, and we're just going to hope, hope that they turn out to be good players. Now, I could be wrong, but right now, as it stands, you have two guys locked up, your top two young draft picks, They are locked up for the next seven years. That's 16 million bucks gone for those two guys. So they better hope they work out because this cap is not raising anytime soon. I had an interesting conversation the other day with a a player who I'm not going to name and a person who I'm not going to name, but what nobody's talking about is the massive debt. And we'll get into this on another episode. I'm working on something right now, but there there's a reckoning happening right now with players in the league because the players, everybody forgets that they owe so much money to the league right now because of that lockout and they just kicked the can down the road. And they said, you know, we don't want the high escrow. We don't want to pay back all the salary that we got paid because of the COVID and the owners weren't making any money. Everyone just, you know, forgot about that. Hockey's back. Everything's great. There is $1 billion that the players owe the owners. That's still an outstanding debt and no one knows how they're going to pay it back. It's a very big deal. No one's talking about it. I'm trying to work with someone who's investigating that. Maybe we can get a, a show going on it, but it's a big deal. And why did I go on this tangent? I just kind of got on this tangent, Tim. I can't remember.
1: Just the salary cap's not going to raise.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. So the salary cap's not going anywhere anytime soon. So if you're there under the impression that, oh, you know, things are back, hockey's back, the salary cap's going to just jump right back up to where it was. We'll be at $100 all time. No, it won't. No, it will not. There's a huge amount of money that needs to be paid back. And the players have no idea how they're going to pay it back. Uh, Donald Fair has just buried his head in the sand about this issue. He doesn't know what's going on. So there's a lot of backdoor meetings right now. And there's a lot of issues going on in the NHLPA that nobody knows about because everybody's playing hockey and everybody's happy hockey's back. There's a lot that needs to be figured out. And so if, if you're a GM and you're under the impression that, okay, $8 million now is going to look good in four years. There's a good possibility. This cap will be flat in the next five, six, seven years. $1 $1 billion is hard to pay back. It's hard to figure out who pays that money back. Are you going to strap that bill on a rookie who just comes into the league this year? So like, go, oh, by the way, you owe money for something that happened four years ago. It didn't even affect you at all. You were still in college or juniors. Now you have to pay. It doesn't, it, it's going to be a difficult situation. We will dig into that at in a different episode, but it is, it's going to be bad for these teams. who sign these players to long-term deals, hoping that, they grow into the deals and they don't. Nico Hershire has not grown into his deal yet. Maybe he will. We'll see. Jack Hughes, just the writing on the wall right now. It, it's a bad contract right now. And we, we've seen deals the last you know few months of players growing into their deals. And we've talked about it. Out of all the deals, this one, it smells the worst. The, the, the initial sniff test, it's like, ooh, this one's going to age bad. It's going to go bad quick. It's going to be sitting in the fridge. And you're like, why did I buy that? Because it's not going to look good, even in even in two years, you know, when Jack's turning what twenty three, and he's still only getting 30, 40 points a year. It's like, man, we're paying this guy eight million bucks. He doesn't do anything else. He he is a very good, you know, with the puck. He's a goal scorer. Terrible on defense. Doesn't back check. Now, maybe he does back check. I, I'm generalizing, but he doesn't seem to me like he's. I don't watch many Devils games. I'll be honest, but I don't get the sense based on his brother that he's like all over the defensive end, like an animal blocking shots. And, you know, I, I will guarantee you, he doesn't hit anybody. So we'll see how it turns out. I don't know. This could end up being a great contract for the devils, but just right now, their team's not looking good for the next, you know, they have such highs and lows. You get Dougie Hamilton, you, you, you start to figure it out. You, you're getting, you know, production from unlikely guys. They have a good center group, Michael McLeod's there. And then you throw a bunch of money at Jack Hughes when you don't have to just wait. Wait till the end of the season. He puts up 30, 40 points again, then do a three year, $4 million deal. That's what I like a Dahlian, Erasmus Dahlian contract from Buffalo. He did three years, six million bucks. It's three years, six million is a lot of money, but still, you're not investing eight years. You know, you're not investing eight million dollars. We'll see how it works out. But could it turn out to be a McKinnon Pasternak type deal, Tim? Do you think that?
1: I think it could. I mean, I think a lot of people, not just the Devils, were were thinking that Jack Hughes is going to break out this season and obviously super small sample size, but two goals and an assist in three games before he got hurt was pretty good. Um, And if he does turn into that point-per-game player or better, and this year, you know, or or next year, you know, giving him time to catch up after the injury, and all of a sudden he's producing at that level every single season, then it does look like a McKinnon and Pasta knock who signed – Kind of risky deals. You didn't know exactly what they were doing. Pausenak's at at 6.6. McKinnon at at 6.3. It's probably two of the most underrated players in the entire league. So those contracts look really good now. I think that's what the Devils are hoping that they get with Jack Hughes.
0: But when you look at projections, even in Nathan McKinnon, he signed after his third year ELC, big deal, you know, big gamble for Colorado. His first three years, he got 63, 38, and 52 points. Like he already had 150 points in three seasons in the NHL. Like that's markedly better than a Jack Hughes who, who doesn't have a hundred yet. And maybe Jack tears it up this year and you know, this is nothing. And I'll just get roasted on Twitter for my, my projections, but even a Nathan McKinnon after three years had better numbers than a Jack Hughes. So, you know, we'll see how it works out, but I, I, I think it's a rush, a rush to sign them to this deal. And maybe they just wanted to get it done. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. Only one person knowing that's Jack Hughes. Let's get him on the show. I'd love to talk to him. Moving on. Tim, you Bruins. What What is happening at the harbor? The HABA? Why? The garden. Everything Everything's going wrong in Boston right now. Literally, everything is going wrong. Oh, your, your, your big prospect demands a trade, if you want to call Jake DeBruska prospect. Your reclamation, your project, the guy who's always, you know, you wanted you want to root for him. You just can't seem to get his life together. He he asked for a trade. Marshawn suspended. Coach COVID lose to who did they lose to yesterday? Detroit. Detroit, the team right above you in the standings that you're fighting for for the last playoff spot. You lose to Detroit. What's going on in Boston? Every time news comes out of Boston, it's generally bad. Now, what is going on? You are the epitome of a boston insider you have a bruins tattoo for pete's sake on your uh small on your back what's going on in boston break it down for us tim because i can't figure it out
1: uh okay let's start with the marshawn thing um the other night against vancouver he slew footed oliver ekman larson um definitely a penalty definitely a cheap play i'm not going to defend it definitely worthy of supplementing supplementary discipline as well. I thought three games was pretty strong considering he's not a repeat offender anymore. It's been four years since he's bad, had a, a, a suspension, um, which puts him outside of that. I think it's like a year and a half, 16, 18 months. Um, and you look at like PK Subban, for example, who's already been fined three times this season for slew footing way worse than that guys hurting guys. Um, and he's only getting the monetary fine. So I think it's a little strange and, doesn't really add up. I think the, the Bruins players, Marshawn especially, is pretty frustrated by by that because he talked to the media about like how hard he's worked to kind of get rid of that reputation and and to focus on offense. He's like, I'm I'm a one of the top offensive producers in the league, and I know I kind of crossed the line in my younger years. and trying to get away from that. Um, I think he's been really intentional about about that approach. Um, and then once you you
0: at- kill one person, Tim, you're a murderer. You never get rid of it. You've built that reputation, Marshan. You'll never get rid of it. Never, ever, ever, never. I don't care how good you can be for the rest of your life, and that's the matter of fact. He will always be known as a as a rat, as an instigator, as just a problem. He could be, you know, do nothing for the next four years. You will always think of Brad Marshan in a negative kind of vein when you think of like he's he's a ish disturber. Then hey. He built that reputation.
1: Just like you with Louis Erickson. Everyone remembers that.
0: Yeah. I had never been suspended to that point. And I hit Louis Erickson with his head down. And everybody's like, the guy's a gun. Kick him out of the league. He does this all the time. Actually, no. I had never been suspended or fined or anything up to date to that point. Anyways, go ahead.
1: Um, I don't know. What did you think of the suspension? You think that was worthy? How cheap do you think that was?
0: Oh, my gosh. He could have broken OEL's leg, it was so dangerous why do you look at me like that? There were three feet from the boards. He slew them. You have no way to protect yourself if you're a player. if you get your feet kicked out from underneath you going into the boards. If he, if he hits the dasher or he hits the, the board square, you break your ankle, you break your leg. You're done. Very much so. Yeah. It happened to you. I don't know why you, you defend the slew foot. This, this could have been you. It.
1: I didn't. I thought three games was strong, but I told you. you give was- me a
0: little mark. You give me a little face look when I say he could have broke his leg. You go, no, yeah, right. You sometimes broke your you leg. say
1: things just to get a rise out of me, and unfortunately- no, I
0: don't. I truly, I truly mean that. The most dangerous okay. part of the ice is the area three feet from the boards, and especially if you're skating in to get <clears throat> the puck, you have some speed going. And Marshawn, it's blatant. It's night and day. He kicks his feet out from behind him, and to make matters worse, he rotates his upper body. So OEL can't even defend himself. Like when you're getting your legs kicked out and at the same time you're getting your body thrown back the other way, you're done. You're absolutely done. You cannot protect yourself at all.
1: Well, I think the frustrating thing for, for Bruins fans or hockey fans in general is just the inconsistency from the Department of Player Safety. Like why, why is he getting suspended when, when Subban isn't? Like I don't whatever.
0: think Subans, I, I don't know all three instances of Subans. the ones with Ryan Reeves. There was another one in the middle of the ice with somebody else. I don't think any of them are this severe, but yeah, I think Suban should have been suspended. I, I yeah. don't think, I think well, just, it just suspended. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make
1: sense to me. Did, by the way, did you see what he said about uh, Panarin as well? I did. I did the, see that. And it's just problem. what we
0: thought. It, it's just what we thought where it probably wasn't that bad. And Panarin's sensitive, you know, like he, the national thing is a big deal. You get disappeared in Russia. Like that's, that's weighing on his mind. Like he had to like smuggle people out, I think. So it's, it's a real deal for him. It's a real life thing. And you get triggered by things. People say, it's like, what do you say? Um, People don't like you in Russia. I think that that's what he said. Or no one, no one in Russia likes you. And it triggered something in our Tam Panarin. And he reacted because obviously He's got a little, you know, something going on over there. When the leader of the country wants you dead, allegedly, and your parents, and you're trying to figure out how to get them out of the country, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're a little touchy about that subject. So I can see it both ways. Marshawn's allowed to say that, but Panarin, man, that it's still, it's obviously still weighs on him a little heavily. (laughs) He obviously thinks about it.
1: And Marshawn said, if that's what set guys over the edge, and this is the softest league in the world, what do you think about that?
0: You know, he's doing what he does. I I don't know. He's from Nova Scotia. So I don't know how he would feel as if all of a sudden the, the premier of Nova Scotia was like, I'm going to kill your family. If you don't say something nice about me or something like that, you know, you you, you never know unless you walk a mile in somebody's shoes and Panarin, he's been through a a lot that I think nobody knows about Russia's a, it's a different country, Tim, I think. you know. It's a, different, it's a different life over there, and I would not want to go there. As beautiful as it is, I would not want to go to Russia. I can honestly say I'll never go to Russia.
1: Let's get into the DeBrusque stuff, too. So um, okay. Today's Wednesday. I think Monday or Tuesday. Let me
0: just say this. Three games was warranted. I think that's a good suspension length. That's my take on it. I think that's a good number. He could have really injured OEL, and I know injuries don't play a part in that, Slew footing is probably, if not the most, one of the most dirtiest plays in hockey. Top, top two. What's the other? Probably biting somebody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, speaking of that, Lemieux got five games, so I think that was totally warranted. Justified. Um, yeah, so let's talk about DeBras. So He reportedly requested a trade from Bruins management the other day, although the report came out too that he actually did it in the past over the summer. Um, just basically saying just the player would benefit from a change of scenery and looking at, you know, a fresh start somewhere else, blah, 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 blah. Um, Dabrowski's on the second year of his two-year contract in which he bet on himself. He's making 3.6 per, um, and he lost that bet. He's got three goals, three assists in 17 games so put, played this year. He's never been able to replicate or really come close to that 27-goal season he had his sophomore year playing alongside David Krejci. Um, and the report from Darren Dreger said that have, so far, this is from yesterday, so more could have come in, but 12 teams have checked in on DeBrusque. That includes New York Rangers, Vancouver, Montreal, Calgary, Arizona, St. Louis, among those on the list. Um, where, where do you see him ending up? What, what team do you think makes the most sense for him?
0: Gosh, it's so hard because what team would take him? And we were talking about this before the show, and it's an interesting phenomenon we have here where if you're a rebuilding team, you want a guy who's locked up under contract for a few years. This is Louis' last year. So that creates a little bit of a... Jake, sorry, his dad's Louis, or his uncle, Louis DeBrasco. I was just thinking about him. Um, That creates an interesting issue. Unless you can do a sign-and-trade where you can get this kid to sign for a lower dollar amount, but Jake's not going to want to do that. So it it alienates a whole group of teams that could be potential trade partners in my mind. So if I'm a team like Arizona or a team who's not competing like an LA or an Anaheim, not an Anaheim, excuse me, like a San Jose, I'm like, okay, this kid will be good for the future, but I need to get them under contract. I'm not just going to give up a prospect knowing that this kid's not going to sign. So that creates a little bit of an issue. The other issue is if I'm a contender, if I'm a team you know, going all in for the cup. Do I want to trade for this kid when he's not a good hockey team? If I'm a Calgary, if I'm a New York Rangers, if I'm St. Louis, why would I want to take a gamble on this guy? He's got six points in 17 games. And that's a side that's points. You can maybe deal with that, put him with some good line mates. The thing that raises red flags for me is the year after year after year issue of him not working hard of him constantly being healthy, scratched of the coaches coming out in the media and saying, he doesn't work hard. Jake knows how how he can get ice time. It's by working hard. You know, the goals aren't going to be Bruce Cassidy said this last week. He's like, the goals aren't always going to be there. What has to be there night in and night out is the effort. If I'm another coach or a GM, why am I trading for this guy? There's, there's no good reason. So you mentioned all these teams I don't see anybody taking a, a flyer on this guy. Why would they? He, he gets 3.675 a year. He, his contract is up this year, and he doesn't try. He doesn't try hard. You play for the Boston Bruins. It's such a luxury to play for the Bruins. You have a great organization. You have these all-world talents around you. You, you have like role models to look at and say, oh, my gosh, there's Patrice Bergeron. There's Brad Marchand. There's David Posternock three of arguably the top 10 players in the whole NHL. They do the penalty kill. They do the power play. They do everything. And I can't hustle back. I can't finish a check. I can't get in the shot lane when the best player on the team is doing it. There's something wrong with you. When you're getting called out in the media by the coach and the GM, there's something wrong with that kid. You can't, you can't fix that. That is ingrained in his body. He does not want to work hard. You will never change that. As much as you change the situations, change the coaches, change this and change that, Jake Debrusque will never work hard consistently on a night in and night out basis. There will be lots of times where he just doesn't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it today. Do you want that guy in your team? Do you want to pay that guy however million dollars? I don't. No way. So yes, I will correct myself. Someone will take a flyer on him. You better not pay too much for this kid. The Bruins don't want him. He's a healthy scratch. They will be lucky to get a third-round draft pick for this guy. That's my opinion. I I wouldn't want him on my team. Based on his track record, the opportunities he's been given, his attitude, it's just red flag, red flag, red flag, Jake DeBrusque, no thanks. And we've talked how good, good he is if he wants to be. He's a big kid. Six foot, 200 pounds. He's got a laser for a shot. He's the ideal hockey player. Patrick Shark used to tell me all the time. He's like, I'm the perfect body for a hockey player, six foot, 200 pounds. And it's true. Six foot, 200 pounds. Like, it's ideal. You got some speed. You got some size. The kid doesn't, he doesn't have it mentally. So, Mano, where you probably think he's Cam Neely for Pete's sake. Where do you think he's going to end up, Tim? And how many first rounders do you think Boston's going to get for him?
1: At least a couple, I would think. No, just kidding. Yeah, uh, that's so- what I thought. Yeah, um, someone definitely will take, him. we talked about this before. He he fits to me, in my mind, in that, like, Galchenyuk, Max Domi world where, like, he had that success early on, and the GMs just salivate over that. They're kind of thinking, like, you know, if I can just get this kid in the right situation and the right line mates and the right, you know, ice time and all that, he'll produce, and I'll get, like, a you know, 20, 25 goal scorer at, 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 you know, cheap price. And I think that GMs are hoping that I can see like we talked about before the show, like a Pittsburgh picking him up and putting him, giving him a shot in that top six or some of the other teams like that, that, that don't need him to be the the guy. If they can just, you know, third, third line, maybe second line, second power play unit and just hope that he turns out, you know, better than what, what he's given the Bruins and a fresh start. We've seen a lot of players benefit from fresh starts. Um, some of the names being thrown around for what you could get for him. Evander, certainly, you know, that, that news is still pretty fresh, especially with the Sharks being willing to eat half his contract, at least. Um, Hurdle, although it would take more than Nebraska to get him. Jeremy Lazon is an interesting one. He was the defenseman, left, left shot defenseman, the Bruins exposed at the um, expansion draft. Seattle took him. Um, he's not had a great season so far. We know Bruce Cassidy and, and, and co really like Lazon, so, that that trade might make sense, although it doesn't make sense for Seattle to trade for an expiring contract because you know Jake's going to want to hit the open market. Uh, the Canucks are out of it, so Brock Besser has come to, come to mind, um, JT Miller. Uh, one name I really like, I think it's really interesting, in Chicago is Dylan Strom. It's a very similar cap hit. It's a very similar situation where it's a player that can't really seem to figure it out. You know he's got talent. He's not the, the most loved player by his, his coaching staff he's gotten healthy scratch he's got to move up and down the lineup I think both of those guys are very similar and I would actually probably put strom's ceiling is, is higher than the breasts um, we've seen him succeed before in this league and if he can I don't know I think he wants out of Chicago there's already been rumors of that in the last couple of months that trade makes a lot of sense to me almost too much sense um, so that could be something I could see playing out and I also like that strom plays both wing and center which is what the Bruins need is that second line center so he, he would get a shot there um, I don't know. He got the he he got booed last night. Did you did you hear that? Yeah. In Boston. Every time he touched the puck, or the first few times he touched the puck, he got booed. Which I think is is lame, but it shows just how frustrated the fans are with him, with his, you know, wanting out of town, which is obviously makes you a villain right away, but also the effort, like you said. Why is that lame? Why is it
0: not are fans not allowed to boo players?
1: Ah, uh, I don't I don't like I don't like booing your own guy. I just don't I think it's I think it's lame. I think it's Why? What what reason is there to boo him? Really, like what? He doesn't try hard, and he's asking for a trade. Uh, he's still on your team, and and Berchon was asked about this yesterday, and he's like, uh, he, he was like, the question was like, are you surprised? And he's like, well, it's not a matter if I'm surprised. It's just we we know what's going on now, and um he's still here. We expect him to produce and work hard, and that's what everyone's doing. And Jake's still here, and we expect him to do that while he's still here. And, um, I think that's the kind of the, the mindset, like he's still here. If he's working hard and he's showing but up, he, he's not. Yeah. But you don't, you don't know. Although I will say the reports last night the, in the game against Detroit, which they lost by the way, which is really bad. Um, he, I saw a couple of reports or tweets saying that DeBras did not look good. And you know, that was a game that scouts and GMs were watching. Cause this is the guy that, okay, let's go see. Let's see what this kid has. And the effort was not there, which is, not looking different. It's not
0: surprising. It's not surprising whatsoever. I just said it. He, does, he doesn't have it in him. You either got it or you don't. Most guys in the NHL have it because they get it. You don't get to that point without working hard and doing things you don't want to do. There's a lot of times where your mind's like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You overcome that and you do it. You work hard. Everybody has to push through barriers. Jake doesn't have it. Doesn't have it, never will. You cannot learn that. That's, that's in you or it's not. And that's, that's the matter of fact. I truly, truly believe that Dylan Strom, similar type player. I know Dylan, you know, uh, played with them in Arizona, Uh, uber, uber skilled, good kid, not, not, not the greatest work ethic, much like Jake. Um, But just the talent is there. He reminds me of a Benoit Pouliot. If that name rings a bell. Yeah. He was a broom. Um, Very, very, very talented. Both of these kids, like just silky smooth hands. Dylan's a tall kid, much like Pooley was, 6'3, 210-ish. It's the work ethic. It's it's the consistent level of play. You have to play at a certain level in the NHL, no matter your skill. And I do talks to kids sometimes, you know, around the country. And this is my people like, well, what does it take to be in the NHL? What does it take, you know, to be, you know, stay in the NHL? And I tell everyone like work ethic. That's it. Everybody is – and I wasn't talented, but I say everybody in the NHL is a first-line player for the most part. Everybody has tons of skill. The ones that stick around are the ones that have incredible work ethic. I don't care how good you are, and you see it all the time. Robbie Shrimp, probably one of the most skilled players I've ever, I've ever seen. Work ethic wasn't there. Didn't want to do it night in and night out. Dylan Strome, he could be top 10 in the league if he applied himself. But he, and that's no knock on him. You either got it or you don't, man. Like he can probably, he'll, he'll eke out a 20 year NHL career on the third line because people like he shows flashes all the time where it's like, gosh, this guy's really good. He's already played 200 games in how many years, eight years or something. So that would be a smart trade for Boston. But if I'm Boston, I'm going after a Connor Garland hometown guy from Vancouver. I'm I'm poaching Vancouver for everything they have right now. If I'm, if I'm Cam Neely, I am just on the phone strictly with Vancouver. I know Vancouver likes DeBrusk. They, I think his dad has connections to that team or whatever. I know Jake's from out west, Edmonton, Alberta area. I am just talking to Vancouver. If I can get a JT Miller, if I can get a Brock Besser, if I can get a Connor Garland out of Vancouver, I'm doing it. I like all three of those players. They would fit in well with Vancouver. Besser, you could throw him on the second line. He's a scoring wing that would all it helps if you can get JT Miller, great centerman. If you can get Connor Garland, plays the wing end center. That's what I'm doing. Strictly talking to Vancouver, I'm taking advantage of that bad situation that they have there, and I'm just selling DeBrusque that if you put him with some talent, he's going he's gonna to light it up. Put him with a Pedersen, put him with another skilled centerman, and he will score you 30 goals a season. That's what I'm selling this. So I'm not calling anybody else. I, I am, I'm seeing a wounded gazelle in the middle of the safari, and I'm attacking. I'm attacking with all my force and I'm going to murder that gazelle, and I'm going to take everything it has, and I'm just going to leave it Jake DeBrusque. That, and Jake DeBrusque is my pile of dung that I'm leaving on the gazelle carcass. That's it. That's my analogy. It's my Lion King analogy.
1: It's a great analogy. And before we move on from this topic, I have to, I have to bring it up, and, and I know the Bruins fans are probably going to, they're not going to like it, but the 2015 draft is where they took uh, Jake DeBrusque. The Bruins, when they traded Chiefs, they traded... Um, Gosh, who's the other player they traded? I don't know. Horton, maybe. But they had three first-round picks back-to-back-to-back. To back to back, 13, 14, 15. They picked Jacob Zaboral 13. Yeah. Jake DeBrusque, 14. Zach Sennishin, AHL player, at 15. You know the next three picks were? Yeah, I do. Matt Barzal. Yep. Kyle Connor. Yep. And Thomas Chabot.
0: Yep. Oh. All good players. Even the next few are Erickson um Brock Besser's in there I think Travis Konecki like good players Anthony uh Bolivier, Bolivier from the Islanders very good players
1: that's oh, awful it's awful
0: you gotta you gotta work hard to really strike out on three straight picks in the in the first round not the end of the first round like 13 14 15 you gotta really work hard <laughs> did the scouts get fired I don't know. How does that like the head's got a roll, man? Like this is a franchise altering draft where you could draft. Just say they do like swing for the fences and they nail Barzal, Connor, and Shabbat. And all three of those guys are on Boston right now. The the rings, you would have to grow more fingers for the rings they would get for the Stanley Cups. Why'd you just throw up the deuces?
1: I would say we'd have at least two more cups.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. If you have those three guys in your team, Krejci doesn't go anywhere. You're winning all his cups. He's not leaving. No way. Tuka is still playing. Are you kidding me? Like that sets an unbelievable team. Char is still there. Oh, it'd be epic. But they, they didn't do it. They messed up on the draft. So that's what you get. That's why you got to invest in scouting. That's why this year, and I've said it before, if Arizona can figure out and Ottawa can figure out and get some scouts and they could draft some good players, they will be good. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. And one more bad thing about Boston, the coach, coaches in COVID protocol, Bruce Cassidy, just just a little just a little cherry on the Sunday, just a little. Here you go. Here's your here's your sign, Boston. Figure it out. I don't know. Do they make the playoffs? Last last thing on Boston.
1: Yes, they make the playoffs. They probably lose in the first round, and I just don't. I don't know. I don't want to give up on this core, but it's not looking good.
0: All right, all right. Quick hit. Um, Jack Adams Award. Best coach in the NHL. There's been some good uh, options this year: Rod Bab in Carolina, Sutter in Calgary, Dallas Eakins in Anaheim. Who do you got so far at this point in the season?
1: I'm thinking Eakins only because I don't I don't know of any coach that's done more with less than he's done. Um, Anaheim surprised everybody. I think you know he's he's turned them into a respectable. I wouldn't say contender, but um, we thought they'd be at the at the bottom of the worst division. Instead, they're they're looking really good. and they, They've got players just. I mean, Zegers has scored again last night. He's looking awesome. Um, obviously, you know, Troy Terry's doing his thing and bringing Kevin Shattenkirk has been really good. So, yeah, I think Dallas Eakins is probably the pick, but any of those three could is, is deserving.
0: Yeah, I like Sutter. I just like him. Rod the Bot. It's always hard to get a team that has expectations to live up to those expectations. So he's just a really good coach. He really is. You know what else is hard to do? It's hard to make food when you don't have anything in the kitchen. But, you know, it's not hard. Ding dong DoorDash is here. It's easy to fire up your phone, fire up your computer, get DoorDash on the horn, get them to deliver all your food at a good price in a reasonable amount of time. It gets there whether it's hot or it's cold. I don't know how you like your food, but they'll get it to you however you like your food. I was telling the guys in my men's league this week to get on DoorDash, and they did. And they said, We love DoorDash, John. We're already on it. I'm like, Use my promo code. They're like, What's your promo code? I was like, well, if you, live, if you live in the United States, like I know you do, it's Gloves DD US. I'm like, if you know anybody in Canada, just Gloves DD. Just take, knock the US right off of there. You get 25% off. You get free delivery on your first order. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So you should do it too. Go to DoorDash. Use your phone. Use your computer. Use your tablet. I don't know how else you can use DoorDash, but you should use it however you use it. Tell them we sent you. Promo codes, Gloves DD US if you're in the United States of America. Gloves DD if you were in O Canada. Get yourself some food, have yourself some fun, write me an email and say, thanks, John. I appreciate the hookup because you're going to get 25% off and free delivery. And that's just money you're saving and you're getting food. It's a no brainer, everybody. It's a no brainer. All right, let's do some quick hits here, Tim. We were talking about McKinnon earlier. He's back. He's returning today. Big deal. No deal. Who cares? But he's back. Has Colorado even miss him when he was gone?
1: Oh, it's a big deal, especially you now they're playing the um, the Maple Leafs tonight, which I think is going to be my points bet pick. I'm still I'm still pondering, but Ooh. Um, yeah, it's good. Cool, he's, he's he's one of the best players in the league. His team has done real well without him, but they're certainly better with him in the lineup. And we get to see him match against Matthews tonight. So yeah, it's really exciting.
0: Quick, a, a fun stat I, I saw: Alex Ovechkin, Grilly, you know, friend of mine, friend of the show. Uh, he was the third player all time. All time, all of NHL, over 100 years, to score 10 goals and 10 assists in a month, age 36 or over. Pretty impressive. The other two? Gordy. Gordy and? Yager. Uh, Keep going. No. Any other guesses? Mario. Timu Solane, those are the only two guys. So pretty good company. It just goes to further solidify my prediction of Ovi. Only two guys have ever done it in history to score 10 goals in a month. It's, it's very hard to do once you get a certain age. Ovi's defying the odds. He's playing well, good for him. And he was like a, a star in the NHL for the, the second consecutive, third consecutive month or week. I don't know how they do it, but he's, he's definitely he's doing well. Good for Alex Ovechkin, another old guy who's throwing up the points. Joe Thornton, for those of you who didn't know, is still in the league, still producing, playing for the Florida Panthers, who are a Stanley Cup contender. He just tied Mark Recchi for 12 all-time in points with 1,533.
1: Pretty cool? Very cool. Very cool.
0: My Living just... Hall of Famer, living first ballot Hall of Famer, just breaking records. It's kind of neat. Him and Ovechkin. Is there any other guys who are just... First, there are there are plenty. Let's not go down that road. Um, another guy returning from injury potentially, you've Malkin skating, getting closer to returning. Any uh insight on that, Tim?
1: Well, the the it was always mid to early December. Um today's December first. So he should be right on track. Um, he's skating with the team, practicing, not quite game ready yet, but I hope we see uh in the next week or two. I hope
0: he gets back to being full strength. I still believe that Pittsburgh isn't going to be a player when it comes to the playoffs. His contract is up. I want him to be traded. Ooh. I want him to go somewhere. We talked about it at the beginning of this, sh- of this season, and he was one of my big names who is going to be thrown around as to, to be a trade piece. And I hope Pittsburgh does that. I hope they go out there and they trade some players. So we'll see what happens. It's good for Pittsburgh when he's healthy, but boy, if you can get him healthy, get him off your books, trade a Latang, trade uh, who else do they got, a Jeff Carter, a Kasperi Kapanen. Pittsburgh's got some pieces. If you're a contending team, you're just looking to Pittsburgh. Don't be surprised if they just kind of do a reset for this offseason and come back strong next year. But anyways, any other – you had a, a, an interesting stat that I thought was pretty fun, Tim.
1: Yeah, this is actually tweeted out by our friend of the network, um, Jason Greger. Um, who we should bring on the show. Um, um, but, we're good. Uh, no, he's great. He was one of the, our most listened to episodes ever. Um, he had – so Winnipeg lost to um, Arizona the overnight. They were shut out by a rookie goaltender who had, I think, 46 saves, something like that. Like, crazy. It was
0: Unbelievable performance.
1: Yeah. Um, and he had this interesting stat that said teams who allow 45-plus shots this season are 12-1-3 which is crazy. Like, what do you make of that? Does that make any sense? Is that that anomalous or what?
0: I don't know. It does make a little sense when you think of it in the same vein as like, okay, we got the lead. The other team's going to press and we're going to play a little bit more defensively. So you're giving up more chances. Maybe you're giving up more zone time because you know, you have the lead. The other team is trying everything they can to get shots on net. So I can kind of wrap my head around it a little bit, but that's a pretty impressive record. 12, one and three. Like that's, that's wild. I, 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 kind of shook my head at that stat when I was like what well, is that right but yeah it does make a little bit of sense but that kid in Arizona he stood on his head boy like I looked at the shots one time it was the start of the third period it was 40 and then Arizona only had like 12 shots I was like holy moly Winnipeg is just crushing him and he held on like what a what a performance for a rookie. Anyways. Points bet Tim, who do you got? You mentioned maybe Toronto, Colorado. You were leaning. I don't know. You've had some time to think. What what should where should I put all my pennies, Tim, tonight?
1: Well, I won again on Monday. Calgary won two to one, and in, in overtime or a shootout, I think. So our
0: listeners are loaded right now. If they're listening to you, like they're Andrews, so rich.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't know, John. Who do you like tonight? Colorado or or, or Toronto? Just straight up. Yep.
0: I like Toronto. Toronto's the hottest team in the league right now. But I'm not the I'm not the I'm not the man. Yeah. This is you.
1: They're, they're favored, minus 125. I'm gonna go with the underdog, slide underdog, Colorado to win outright, plus one oh five. I gotta keep the streak alive. I'm feeling pretty good about it. So where's the game? They, where's where's the game? I think it's that, in it's in Toronto.
0: That see that that means a lot. I, I might lean towards Colorado. Nazim Kadri coming back fired up a little bit once, yes. you know, prove the doubters wrong. Maybe ugh, I'm still going to take Toronto. I like the Leafs, but who knows? McKinnon's
1: back too. I think I think it's oh, – yeah, I'm going to go lock it in. Colorado over outright against Toronto.
0: I'll be watching that game. I definitely will be watching because that's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. And you should watch too, and you should also – Come back on Friday and listen to our podcast. We'll break down all of the news in the NHL. I hope everybody has a good Wednesday and has a good hump day, Tim. And we'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.
1: Delivered by DoorDash.